America's original and oldest heritage pack company, Duluth Pack, hosts a podcast led by CEO Tom Sega. Real stories with real people who we admire, plus outdoor industry conversations, business discussions, entrepreneurial advice, and more. Now enjoy this week's episode of Leader of the Pack. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Duluth Candy Company. Welcome to the Duluth Candy Company, the sweetest spot on Superior Street, specializing in gourmet popcorn and exquisite handmade chocolates. Duluth Candy creates the most delicious handmade chocolates, like the Lake Walk Cookie, Sea Turtle, the Castle Danger Cream Ale Truffle, and many more specialty chocolates. Duluth Candy has the treats you need for your weekend getaway or special event. Come down to the sweetest spot on Superior Street or visit the online store at DuluthCandyCo.com, D-U-L-U-T-H-C-A-N-D-Y-C-O.com to see all our gift-packed options. Hey, everybody, this is Tom Sega from Duluth Pack, and this is the Duluth Pack podcast, Leader of the Pack. Our guests today are Anna Bailey and Nathaniel Bailey from Bailey Builds. Anna, Nathaniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Oh, gosh, we're so happy to be here, Tom. Thanks for asking us. (laughs) We're very happy to have you here. And you know what? Our listeners are going to be very excited to hear about all of your journey to where you are today. So let's just jump right in and tell us both where you're from. What are, what was your life like growing up? And and then I'm going to jump in because we don't always have uh, two people on. I'm going to say, how'd you meet? So okay. tell yeah. us all about that. All right. Well, I'll, I guess I'll share first. My name is Anna Bailey. I grew up in the Twin Cities area in Wiper Lake, Minnesota. Um, really loving household, a mom and a dad. Um, and I was the youngest of three. So I was kind of the wild card, crazy kind of kid growing up. I mean, I always obeyed the rules, but I definitely um, have always had this bend to uh, see things in different and innovative and creative ways growing up. And um, so I kind of always took that role in my family. Um, Yeah, at the age um, when I graduated high school, I decided to come up to UMD. I was going to be a teacher. Um, and it's so funny how life takes you in different paths, but we'll get into that. I'm sure a little bit later, but that is where I met this really handsome man here next to me at UMD. <laughs> and, just, and, and, and yes, folks, oh. he is, he is blushing right now because we're doing no, this on no. zoom and I can see him. <laughs> Boy, I'm not used to this. All this, all this, uh, complimentation oh, I'm so is that what it's called complimentation. <laughs> it was coined here for the first time yes complimentation complimentation <laughs> I love it look it up in Webster's dictionary yeah. <laughs> um a little bit about me I grew up in a really great family I have uh two sisters and a brother um I'm the second oldest in the family um uh, my parents are really great awesome people um my dad was a general contractor he did a lot of remodeling of uh residential homes commercial buildings and i actually uh used to go out on the job site with him quite a bit and um we'd take breaks and he'd call me the foreman on the job and (laughs) we'd bring donuts to the guys that were working there it was really fun so um that was really memorable for me working alongside my dad um but i had um 
I was into mechanical things. So I loved, um, um, I bought a old, uh, wheel horse lawnmower. It was a hundred years old when I bought it. I bought it for a hundred dollars <laughs> and I fixed it, uh, rebuilt the engine on it. And I started mowing people's lawns with it. Always the entrepreneur. Started my little, uh, lawn mowing business. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and then I got into cars. I got a 1968 Mustang was my first car. Um, and I actually bought two more after that one, a parts car and then one, um, another car that I still have now. So, uh, just recently brought it back to Duluth and, um, doing some remodeling on it, uh, remodeling, <laughs> I'm remodeling, I remodel, I like to remodel and fix things like Anna, she's all about creating and making new things and new ideas. Yep. I like looking at something that's broken or old and yeah. trying to fix it and make it better. So that's why we're just such a great team because we, she has these great ideas and I like to look at that idea and figure out how I can put things together or like when we buy built buildings or homes, we work on them together and fix them and make them better. So yeah, yep. yeah. but I was actually in the um, uh, collision repair industry for 18 years. Um, Anna started the business. Um, and the business took off for us, for her. And she looked at me and she said, uh, <laughs> she's like, either I hire a cute young guy or you quit your job. And yes, that's me. exactly how it happened. <laughs> so well, it looks like you got both. I uh, did. Yes, he, did. Uh, he, actually, he, he is younger. I, so. Yeah. She's a, what do they call it? A cradle, a crib robber? I, yeah. That's a cradle right. robber? I don't know. Yeah, you guys are not going to rope me into that one. I'll just get myself <laughs> in trouble here. <laughs> so Anna, before becoming wooden mosaic designer. Yes. Tell us how you got this creative gene. You, you were, you were going to go to school for teaching but obviously you're very creative where did that creative gene come from and and how did you you know conjure yeah. up all this whole idea yeah well actually creatively my creative journey started as a, a musician um so i've been a piano player since i was eight years old and then i took on guitar and uh banjo and mandolin and some other instruments when i was in my early 20s um, and I started writing um, music and performing music. Um, and so my creative outlet was music during um, those early years. And so I, you know, there is some creative musical genes, but they go back a few generations. Neither your, dad, your dad was musical. Yes, that's true. Yes, he would make up songs all the time. Yes. So, and he was actually really good at drawing too. So, um, I, I would think most of my creative genes came from my told dad. random stories to the kids. Yeah. Like made up stories and they thought they were true. And yeah. 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 I, I would have to say, yes, he, it was never his job or occupation, but he definitely had mm -hmm. that creative gene in him. So, so, so Anna, what drove your interest then to woodworking? Yeah. Well, this is a really fun story. So hold on tight. So I, was needing um, patio chairs for the front porch because I love to sit out on the front porch and watch my kids play outside and talk to my neighbors. And I wasn't about to pay Home Depot like $300 a chair. 
It was not going to happen. And so being a DIYer, Nathaniel's always been super great about teaching me about how to use tools and letting me, you know, just use the garage and <laughs> make a mess. So I, my woodworking journey started out by needing patio chairs. And so I built them and I was just posting about them on social media and everybody was like, Hey, would you make me this? Would you make me this? And so it just was me sharing my journey of learning how to build furniture on social media. Um, and then once I had was making and selling furniture, I had all this scrap wood on the ground and I didn't want it to go to waste. And so I started to think, well, there's gotta be a use for this. And so, um, I started to make artwork from the leftover furniture scraps. So that was about, I started building furniture probably nine years ago. 2015? Um, I think even 14 okay. was maybe my first like piece of furniture. Yeah. Um, and then I started to make art then probably in 2017. So Nathaniel, you didn't make her get 100-year-old chairs so you could fix them. You actually let her build new ones. Exactly. Yeah. Out of the old wood. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. And and so I'm assuming, Nathaniel, you came in later. So let's stick with, with Anna for right now. Let's dive a little deeper then. So you started with making the chairs and then people were asking you to make other things for them. Take yeah. us on that journey on how that all started building and taking off where it's like, holy cow, this could be a business for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's so funny. I was in a previous job. I was um, the musical director at a church and that job was coming to an end, which was very sad for me. Um, it just wasn't a good fit for me anymore. And so I was, it was in the middle of this like midlife crisis and I had already been building furniture and selling it on the side and I'm laying in bed and I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 38. I'm not going to go back to teaching. I'm not going to do um, work at um, my local church anymore. So what in the world am I going to do? And so I just had this sense um, that I needed to do what I love to do. And at that time, it was writing music. It was writing a blog and it was making furniture. And so I, I just felt called to to devote myself to those creative outlets. And um, so I just put my all into it. And I just started sharing on social media what I was doing. And people responded so lovingly and encouragingly. And it just took off like wildfire. And I couldn't keep up. And um, I started signing up for trade shows or craft fairs and selling my work at craft fairs. And and realizing like, holy cow, you know, like I made, hold on tight, $5 an hour from that craft fair, you know, after I put all my time and my effort in, I did the math and I was like, $5 an hour? <laughs> and the fact that people were paying for like things that you love to make, like yeah. you were just blown away that you're like, I was like, I made this cool thing and somebody somebody, somebody else likes it. Likes it. And, and they want to buy it for their home. Their home. A yeah, true was... entrepreneur looking back and saying, hey, I made $5 an hour doing something I love. That was awesome. 
It was so awesome. And you know, it's so funny because I didn't think I, I always, Nathaniel always wanted to own a business, a mm -hmm. small business. And I was, I pushed against it for years. You were way against I, it. I like way against it. Like <laughs> I do not want to own a small business or be an entrepreneur. I just didn't want to do it. Anna, can you explain why now that you are and you see things out of a different light, why were you so against it at that time? For our listeners who, who, who aren't entrepreneurs, and we talk to entrepreneurs all the time on the podcast, why were you so against it? Or was it fear or what? It, please yeah. let us know, because that's really interesting. I, I, I have seen other entrepreneurs and small businesses and it takes so much time. It wasn't about fear for me. I'm not somebody who's afraid of anything. And it was more about the time that it would take. And we had four small children at that time. And, you know, it was, it just seemed overwhelming at the same time as trying to raise our small kids and invest everything into them that we were starting a small business. And so I honestly, I really Think it might have been God's timing for us to just wait a little bit, um, so our kids were older and they weren't requiring so much investment and time. I mean, they still do, but it was just it wasn't the time yet, and so I just felt like, yeah, it was it was definitely more about the time than um, the fear of failure or the fear of the unknown. What year was it that you actually? started officially creating and selling where you'd say, Hey, I have officially, I'm in business. Yeah. Um, 2015. Yep. And you have a storefront. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, that we, we invested in a storefront and our first building two years uh, 2017. Yeah, 2000, July of 2017. Yep. We bought that. Yep. Bought an old Texco gas station on the west end of Duluth, Minnesota, and fixed it up and opened a storefront in 2018. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us what it was like opening up a brick and mortar store. What went into getting it ready if it was an old Texaco gas station? And, and tell us the, your path from then to today yeah, with brick and mortar. And then we do want to get back into what you're creating, how people can find you and all that. But let's talk about that brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. So what actually, um, it kind of all started with that building in a certain sense. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. The, you tell the, from Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> when, when I was looking to leave the job I was at, I was a production manager, manager at a uh, collision repair shop called Arrowhead Auto Body, which were really awesome people. Yeah. Um, and when I left there, um, he allowed me for the last six weeks that I worked there, I took every Wednesday off. So I kind of got my feet wet working with Anna. And those Wednesdays, we would spend making artwork, or we would like, we looked at each other, we're like, we're going to start working in the garage together. It was a 25 by 25 garage. Lord help us. And Well, we love each other we, so much. Oh, we love each but other. The garage was a huge mess and I just, I can't handle the mess and Anna thrives in I it. Thrive in creative disaster. So we looked at each other. We're like, we have to find a place to rent. <laughs> <laughs> we won't make it. So we, we did some searching. We found this old building in Spirit Valley uh, neighborhood in Duluth. Yeah. 
we drove up to it and it was love at first sight. It was this old oh. uh 1930 Texaco gas station. Oh, it's so it's such it's a cool got these building. just amazing uh like stucco walls, um patinaed um eaves off the side of the building. It's just amazing. And we looked at it, we're like, this is amazing. And the building was actually pretty ugly and not in oh, yeah. shape. It was very it hadn't been touched in 25 years. Yeah. Any even like an a paint job. But we've always so been able to see through the disaster, and that's why she married me. She saw through the disaster. I did. Yep, and there, there you have it. She saw the goodness inside. So you had a vision how to turn this old gas station into into a retail operation. Yeah. Yeah, and our initial our initial uh, reason we rented it was for the workshop. Yep. Um, and we ended up using it as a workshop for a while, and then we uh, we rented it, and then we bought a contract for deed. And we opened the, after the business got going and we figured out how to work together in the old, so we worked in the old service station part of the garage. Yeah. Um, and then um, once we figured that out, we bought the building and uh, opened the brick and mortar about and, a year later. And Yeah. And when we opened it, we had no idea about brick and mortar. No. Like we had... We, but it was a necessity because we would be making artwork in the garage and we'd literally have people knocking to try to get into the wood shop to buy something out of the wood shop from us. I mean, there were times when we were working in the wood shop and we were talking to customers 50% of the time just because they came and they wanted to buy something from us. So we're like, okay, we really need a brick and mortar. We had the artwork covered up with a blanket, like stacks of artwork. So we'd pull the blanket off of it. And we'd like filter through the artwork so people could see it <laughs> and, and our, pick something to buy. Yeah. And our, our line was always, well, you know, it's, it's dusty. So it's the real, it's the real deal. You're taking home like the real deal directly from the wood shop. So anyway, yeah. so we did that and then we decided let's, let's open a brick and mortar. It just mortar. made sense. Yep. It just, it, we had to have it. Yeah. Um, and it was just, we, we started by um, just having a few other local artists in there with us. Um, and now it's so exciting. Um, now the progression of our brick and mortar has been um, just a really organic, um, you know, we we only invested in what we could at the beginning for our brick and mortar. You know, it was just like what we could afford and we couldn't buy a lot, but we, we did our best. And now we're at the point where we're supporting, you know, 20, 25 other local artists we're hosting pop-ups every week in our store where local artists will come in and they'll sell directly out of our store. And that's something that we offer to them for free. Um, yeah, as a Fridays way to, and Saturdays. Yeah, as yep. a way to support them. And and then where we're going now with our retail is super exciting because we bought another building. It's actually an old funeral home. Tom, you, you're going to love this story an old funeral home that we're renovating. And um, so our store is going to come over here. Um, we're going to have even more space for local art, more pop-ups, and then we're going to actually have an outdoor um, space um, for retail, little pop-up retails in our we're gonna outdoor. Build, we're going to build little uh, outdoor huts, if you want to call them, for yep. the local artists to sell out of. Uh, fire pits, so much, so many fun things out there. Dogs welcome, games. Yeah. Will you use that as, I mean, obviously part of your business, but are you going to use that and say, hey, local artists, you can come and, and lease this spot from us for the weekend. And so literally they don't have to worry about a brick and mortar store because we can 
you know, go for a weekend and rent a, a place and we have it to show our goods. Yep. yep that's exactly, that's exactly what, what we're doing. And then the okay. exciting thing about this building too, it's called the Bailey Builds Collective. So the idea is it's a collective of people and artists in this building. So we have our officing, we have our wood shop where we create all of our artwork here. It's here now. We have our shipping, we have our inventory and our store is going to be here. But the really exciting thing about it is um, we're going to have a space upstairs with 13 uh, spaces. Um, it'll be a community type area where local artists can rent a space from us um, monthly for six months. We haven't figured all the, all the details there yet, yep. but they'll have a place that they can come and they can create their artwork that they that they make. Yep. So this will be a place for them to create the artwork and sell the artwork or just create and then they'll sell through your retail yeah so some people will be able to sell here too it, yeah. it all depends on the it fit and timing and space in our store uh, we don't have all the details there yet but it's a really great chance um to um just really uh lift up local artists and, and give them a chance because there's a lot of people that are thinking about renting a space and they don't know what to do or they can't afford to rent a whole building. So this is a great opportunity for them to get their feet wet yep. renting something, but also get to know 13 other artists that they're working alongside of and uh, create relationship there and um, brainstorm with other people, but also connect with uh, the other local artists. Yeah. Before we move on, and, and folks, our special guests today are Nathaniel and Anna Bailey from Bailey Builds. Give us your social handles. Give us your address and all that. We'll get back to this at the end, but I want people to have a chance to write this down so they can go and see all of the wonderful things you do. Yes, yes. Well, my artist page is Anna Bailey Art at uh, on Instagram and on TikTok um, and on Facebook. So that's where I'm showing um, mostly my work. Um, and then we have a bunch of other businesses um that yeah, like we have we have an airbnb and the second floor of our texaco gas station um and that's called the bailey builds makers loft um uh so that's bailey builds makers loft on instagram yep and then um, we have the bailey builds gallery which is um where our store is now um is is actually functioning also as a small micro event space um and that's called the bailey builds gallery and that's on Instagram. And then our retail store is Bailey Builds and Friends on Instagram and Facebook. Do you have a website, a, a .com website that they can also go to? Yep, baileybuilds.com. That's all about Bailey Builds, isn't it? It is. If you just search Bailey Builds, you're going to find us <laughs> <laughs> and all the things. Beautiful. So now the big question, you do a lot of artwork, but we haven't delved into what do you make and what do you sell? So tell us all about that. Did you know that America's original manufacturer of canoe and kayak stabilizers was recently featured on Fox & Friends? Spring Creek Manufacturing was recognized on Fox News for being a leader in the made in the USA industry for their top quality truck racks, the world's best camp saw, and their assortment of water sports equipment, including stabilizers for canoes, kayaks, and stand-up paddle boards, 
as well as their canoe seats and motor mounts. Enjoy an exclusive 15% off, yes, 15% off your next online order at springcreek.com with the code LEADER15, that is L-E-A-D-E-R-1-5. Exclusions apply. Now, back to the podcast. Yeah, well, um, what I have made has really um, transformed over the years. I started making reclaimed wood art pieces uh, for your walls. And so that's all from reclaimed wood. Um, And I made that for probably about four and a half years. And then the last two and a half years, I have started a new line. Um, It's my modern line. Um, And it's actually made out of new wood. Um, And it's very contemporary um, in its feel, in in its feel and its vibe, very modern. And um, that's what does really, really well at our art fairs. It's at at our fine art fairs. Um, It's very unique. Um, People say all the time, holy cow, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, And basically my modern line is uh, my exploration of line and circle and how they create a really simple, but um, simple, but complex shapes um, that give you an opportunity to have texture and design on your wall without it being super overbearing um, because the pieces are large. um, And a lot of times large artwork, you know, if it's photography or if it's, um, you know, portraits or if it's something like that, um, it, it can tend to be like, that's the only thing you got going on your in your room. And with my work, um, it's more about texture and movement. Um, and so it's not as overwhelming. You say large, give us an idea of, of when you say large for a room, what that is, because our, our, li- our listeners are going to be listening. We're not, they're not going to be able to see. Yeah, our best seller um, is approximately 24 by uh, 60. So mm-hmm. about a two by five or a two by six foot piece. Um, also a really popular size is a three by five foot piece. Um, and then we also sell a lot of panels, uh, panels. And so it'll be like multiple, um, multiple three by five foot pieces together to make one very large installation. Bailey, you talk about reclaimed wood. Where would you get this reclaimed wood? I know that um, once a year, I am lucky enough to go out to North Dakota uh, and meet a bunch of friends out there. And you go by a lot of old homesteads. We've always said, oh, look at that old barn. We'd love to get all the wood off that barn. And what would we do with it? We come up with all kinds of weird ideas that, that we would do with all this old cool barn wood. Is that the type of stuff you're talking about? Or what are you using as you reclaimed wood? Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about, actually. You know, some of our favorite things, like today, just today, oh, babe. Yeah. I was tell doing, what you did today. I was doing some demo in the uh, Bailey Builds Collective, a.k.a. Funeral, funeral Home. <laughs> and we're doing some structural work here, so we had to open up some of the floors. And I looked at some of the flooring I was taking off. It was old subfloor. So it's, this building was made of two houses. And they were built, uh, they're probably about 1900. A, yeah, 1900. So they're like 123 years old now. But the subfloor beneath the hardwood floor, I took all that off and I was like, It's Doug Fur, isn't it? Yeah. I thought, Holy cow, this is amazing. And I went and grabbed Anna. I said, Anna, what do you think <laughs> about taking some of this wood 
and making artwork out of this wood. So that's what I'm going to do next yeah. week. So we get things from random places like that. Yeah, subfloor, yep. um, garage siding. We've gotten hardwood floor out of people's homes. We've gotten barn wood, um, old decks, old docks. Lots of decks. Yeah, Surprisingly, lots of, a lot yeah. of decks. Yeah. They're dimensional numbers, so it's easy to cut down. How have you found this stuff? I mean, literally just driving by somewhere and said, hey, I'm going to swing in here and say, can I cut your deck off your house? Yeah. We never have to look for it. We it always have people us. reach out to us. Yeah, it finds us. And it always happens like when, and we don't do as much reclaimed wood anymore artwork because um, yes. it's more of the modern line and the new wood. But what would happen, it was always kind of fun. We'd we'd be looking at our pile and we're like, it's getting a little low. And then all of a sudden we'd get this random message on Facebook. Somebody said, hey, I've got my grandma's garage we just took down. Do you want the wood from it? And we're like, sure and it'd be dropped off in the in the shop the next day and the cool thing is we paid for wood only two times in all the years that we've been doing reclaimed wood yeah and that was at the beginning yes. we bought a you're doing loads. them a favor because they're like i got all this old wood i need to get rid of where do i get rid of it and you're like i have a home <laughs> for it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the new wood then. What types of wood are you using? Where do you get your new wood? Um, and what do you look for in new wood for your artwork? Yeah, well, because of how complex the pieces are when I make them at first, um, we really, I, I really like to use soft wood um, because I need to manipulate it with the miter saw um, or the sanders. And it's just, it just, is so much more forgiving than the hardwood. Um, and so we usually tend to use pine or Baltic birch and we just get it from our local convenience store at this point. Um, Not convenient, like Home Depot. Home, yes. Not I didn't know if I could store. like say oh. Home Depot. <laughs> you can say our anything local, you'd like. Our <laughs> local lumber suppliers. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's just, they have the most consistent and because of the line of work, the finished work is so precise and so meticulous that the wood needs to be really predictable. And so that's why we have to use this very predictable wood that we know we can always get from Home Depot and Renards. So how many team members? I see two of them right now, but on the team, how many members are there and how have you grown and how have you managed that? Yeah. Yeah. So we have um, we have six full time people right now, mm -hmm. um, as long as well as as ourselves, we're two full time employees. Yep. Um, and then we also have um, we have three part time people that work with us. And when we get to busy holiday season and show season, we temporarily hire um, three three to people. five people yeah. um, to help during those like times. between July and December. Yes. <laughs> So what what are the jobs of these people who work for you? Yeah. Sure. Our first it's it's really fun. The first full-time employee we had, which as a as an entrepreneur in business, people That's like a, us, that is it's a, a huge step. Like yes, you look at it and you think, wow, we're hiring somebody full-time. They're fully dependent on what they make from us to to pay their bills. We better not screw this up. <laughs> yeah. So our first hire, um, we actually hired her for workshop help 
And we found out that she had a graphic design de degree and, and photography. And so she helped out in the workshop, but she actually started helping with her website, taking pictures for artwork. Um, and she's pretty much, she's actually our... She's head of brand Head of our now. brand now. Yeah. Yep. So you have people specializing to really help out so that you can yeah. do the things you do so well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then we have a full-time marketer. Um, and then we have a full-time um, events um, and store sure. manager. Yep. Uh, then we have a full-time woodshop production. And so then full-time person that ships for us. Yeah. Full-time shipper. And then we have a full-time oldest son who does everything do whatever we want him to do because <laughs> he's a family member right that's what happens in small uh, entrepreneurial families yes yeah. lucky enough to wear all the hats and if i understand correctly there's also a pup involved here yeah we actually have, we have four, four dogs pups. yeah we, two two dogs are our son's dogs yeah they are uh, they're Brittany's. both Brittany's. yeah they graduated yep. from high school and we thought let's buy him a puppy and they all live at home still so yeah. and then we have a, a newfoundland which is a 130 pound newfoundland dog yeah he's my baby he's big he's a good boy yeah and then we have an aussie doodle so he's a mix of australian pepper australian shepherd and poodle yep we have a cat too cat. we can't we always forget her yeah <laughs> so for our listeners let's talk about how it is to be in a family business and working. So you have the two of you, you have your son working in the business. How does that dynamic work? How do you make it work? Yeah. Well, we're really, um, I think one of the pluses for us starting a business a little later in life is that we kind of worked through our differences just in general. You know, we've been married, you know, 24, almost 24 years. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of have known each other and how each other's work. So when we, you know, started a business together, you know, into 18 years into our marriage, we kind of knew what battles to to push and, and what to let go. Um, and so we absolutely love working together. Mm -hmm. It is just the greatest gift to be able to work together. Yeah, the biggest struggle is like having with a family working with us too, with our oldest son is trying not to talk about work at home absolutely which we're we're really really bad about <laughs> we're, sometimes yep. we're, like, we're not talking about it tonight then five minutes later one of us will bring it up and the other one's like well we said we weren't going to talk about it then five minutes later the other one brings it up Ab so absolutely we're horrible that's our it. biggest struggle anybody has any help just send <laughs> all the emails our way because we are really bad at that. And our kids have actually helped us when they were younger. They All of our kids have worked for us. Yes. Um, our second oldest son worked for us full time for about a year. Year and a half. Um, and then we had our other son helped us a little bit uh, during the summers. And our daughters helped us on and off. They used to help us. They'd go to shows and help us set up and tear down. Um, sometimes we bring things home, little things when we oversell items. Yeah, like, like a website launch think, goes crazy. We so we oversold, <laughs> you know, like 500 ornaments. <laughs> let's make these. Two years ago. Yeah, let's make these tonight, everybody. Oh, gosh. All hands on deck yeah. is the way it sounds. That's yeah. right. So talk about the, the trade shows you go to, because that's that's a whole different 
whole different animal onto itself because there's travel, there's setup, there's teardown, there's hours of the show and people have to eat and things like that. How talk about going to shows, what type of shows and, and what are your, your, your goals when you go to a show? Yeah, we mostly do art fairs. That's, that's our main thing. We Yeah. It's street art fairs. Yep. Uh, Anna used to do vintage shows, some craft shows, but then it's, it's gone into the art fairs, which have been really great. It's just, it's been the perfect fit for what we sell. Yeah. And so. we tend to, in the summer, it starts in June and it goes through the end of August. And we have one about every other week, sometimes mm -hmm. every week. So meaning, you know, we pack up on a Wednesday, we drive 12 hours, we set up on a Thursday. The show starts on Friday. And you're outdoors for yeah. 10 to 12 hours selling and talking to people. You leave because you haven't eaten all day, usually. Yeah. <laughs> you go home, you, we go to find a restaurant, we eat food, and we go, go to go bed. Go to bed. Then you get up the next morning and do it all over it again. again. And we do that for three, months of the summer. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting, but also it is hands down what has grown our business. Um, we get to see hundreds of thousands of people. And it's, it's rewarding going to an art fair and selling the things that we work so hard making. Like there's just so much satisfaction in that yeah. and seeing what people, the people really appreciate it. And direct to the consumer mm -hmm. directly from the artist. It's just, it's just such a great connection for us. Folks, we're talking to Anna and Nathaniel Bailey of Bailey Builds. Can you please tell us a little, give us some of the cities that you go to. So if people are listening to this and they go, great, I want to go to the website and see some of the stuff, but I'd like to meet these awesome people and see that, that work they do. Can you give us some of those cities that you plan on this coming year going to? Yeah, yeah. So Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, we um, love Des Moines. Madison, Wisconsin, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. Um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah, we do the Minnesota State Fair. Is that Minneapolis or St. Paul? Uh, that would St. Paul. Paul. Just St. Paul. Yeah, yeah. St. Paul. Um, and gosh, you know, we've been to Baltimore. We were in New York City this year. We were in Naples, Florida, Houston, Houston Texas. Texas. Oh, Waco. Waco, Texas. We should tell you guys about Waco. Um, we were invited to by Chip and Joanna Gaines to participate. Um, at the celebration, which is uh, Magnolia's um, once a year. And that was, event. was that September, late September. That or October was October. Yeah. Yeah. And so we hope to go again this year. Um, but, you know, crossing our fingers, they'll choose us again. Um, so that one, where else have we been? Um, Fargo. Fargo, yes. Yes. Um, the Twin Cities area. Mm -hmm. So people can see you in a lot of different areas and you've obviously uh with Magnolia hit the big time, right? That's right. It was a it was definitely such a um compliment to be chosen by them and to be a part of it. Yeah. How did that how did that take place? Yeah, so um they put out an application for a very short amount of time, probably a week, um online and thousands of people apply for that and um, you have to send in about your business, your mission statement, photos of your booth setup. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, a little bit of your history of your business. 
Um, and then you just send it out into the Magnolia universe <laughs> and you wait and see. And where it goes, nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then you hear back and they uh, usually only have like when we were there, there was only 35 small businesses from around the country that were represented there. Wow, congratulations. That is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So Talk about your best-selling pieces and how long does it take to actually build one of your pieces? This is great. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share this. So um, how I make them, the moderns now, um, I'm going to start there and then I'll tell you about the bestsellers. So how I make them is um, we get the the backer board prepped and painted and sprayed and sanded ready to go and then tiny half inch strips of wood cut down to size um and then i never sketch anything out you know when i start making a piece i just work in the moment and i start creating the design and i look for interesting ways that line and circle can be put together and so those original pieces those signature pieces take me two to four weeks to complete. Um, it's so like a, it's like a painter's original and they range from like $2,500 up to $10,000. And then we invested in a laser, a wood laser two years ago um, that makes replications of those original pieces. So it's a great way for us to, to have a market for our collectors who want to collect the original signature pieces and then we make replications on our laser so then that piece of wood is put into the laser the design is cut out just on the top and then it's adhered taken into the wood shop and then adhered to a backer pin nailed sprayed sanded sprayed sanded sprayed sanded finish work all of that stuff and so there's two ways that the artwork is made um, and so, you know, it's hard to say with those other pieces, like the replications from start to finish, how long one takes, because we do them, we'll do a batch of like five, you know, at a time. So I guess it, it's hard to say how long one of those takes, but in, in general, my signature work takes two to four weeks to complete one piece. Um, and then our best sellers. What do you think, babe? What do you think are some of our best sellers? I'd say like the the best sellers are probably like the um they're like 40 inches by like 24. Oh, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big the bigger just, ones. Yeah. Yeah. And they're um, you know, they range in different designs. I have a whole Gatsby line that's very art deco. Um, I have, a I have a more art nouveau line that, um, appeals to a different crowd. Um, then there's also a whole collection that I made, um, as an ode to the Stone Arch Bridge in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, the, most of those designs are based on the arch form. And those are, they've been popular for two, two and a half years. Now. Yeah. Those are very popular. Um, so yeah, I think, but as far as like a size, I think our most popular size is like you mm -hmm. said, 24 by 40 or or the 24 by five foot or six foot piece. 
when you go into a piece, you said, I really don't go in with, with an idea of exactly the way it's going to end, but what gives you your inspiration? And during the piece, will you kind of change your creative abilities as you're going? Yes, that's the joy of it. I just love, I just love being able to look at a blank slate and just start with the simplest of forms and just allow it to go where it wants to go and create something new that I've never seen before. So usually with every kind of new signature I do, I don't want it to look like anything I've ever made before. So I want to allow myself the time to, for that piece to just um, have its own voice and its own direction. Um, so I honestly, I don't steady. A lot of people look at my work and they're like, oh, you must steady, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright, or you must study, you know, all this. And I, I don't actually, I feel like, because then it's not uniquely mine. Um, I would rather just uniquely come up with the designs that the world has never seen before. Um, and so that, that can take some time. Like I'll be making a signature and I could, I'll hit a wall for like three days and I'll just and put it aside. And sometimes you'll change it three or four times. Yes. Yeah. I'll put it aside and I'll steady. I'll take pictures and videos and I'll steady it. and At home again. Yeah. At home. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's so fun. The best, my best ideas come when I'm doing mundane tasks, mm -hmm. like the dishes or the laundry, or it just is like, I'm doing something with my hands that keeps me busy. And then my mind can really focus on the direction of the new piece that I'm working on. Well, you can come over and help me clean my garage and you'll get all kinds of inspiration for creative ideas, Anna. I know. <laughs> so for both of you, Anna and Nathaniel, what what's a typical day look like? Because your business is so different than so many of ours. Yeah. <laughs> it is so different. Like we often look at that. We're like, man, some sometimes it'd be nice to have this. Like we go to work and we do this the whole time. And like, we, honestly, every day is. Every day is different. so different. Yeah. Like today, for instance, um, I came in, I talked to the, my, uh, team members about working on our email flows and our marketing flows, um, chatted about that, got some ideas. We've got a Mother's Day event coming up and we we brainstormed that for a little bit. Um, and then I went down and I was prepping. We do some like uh, classes for people, local classes. So I went down to the wood shop and I prepped all the backers and the pieces for the classes. And then Right after that, I went live on TikTok and I made a commission. And now here I am talking to you. So that was wow. my day. So a very full day, Nathaniel. So you you just do the same thing every day. No day changes, right? Uh, well, every day is a little different for sure. Yeah. So like like uh, today I came in and I had to get some material for the, the project we're working on the building today. So I worked on that. I, I keep my son going on, on projects today, uh, working with a contractor here that's helping with a structural. Uh, met with the uh, structural engineer today. To We had some things that came up with a building that were like, oh, goodness, I can't believe that that beam has not been held up by anything underneath it for, for 50 years. Yeah. Like there's a small quarter-inch piece of plywood that's holding a whole oh. ball up oh lord so 
running into things like that for sure. And then some days, you know, then I, I met with another contractor here. We're getting some bids on the building. Um, and then it's just a matter of like, I've shifted over to working on the building right now. Yeah. We got, I used to, I used to do a lot of, uh, helping the artwork, but in the last couple months I've shifted. Yeah. Um, but I do a lot of just like, if there's troubleshooting things with the business or building or, uh, equipment around the shop, I do that as well. And just, we're, we're kind of just jack of all trades. So is definitely like this, Tom, cause <laughs> this is exhausting. <laughs> no, we're, we were here to learn about you. I'm not exhausted at all. I'm just writing notes everywhere. This is really fun. How about, let me go a different direction with this thing. Imitators, imposters, do you have them out there? People who love what you do and they go, oh, we're going to try to copy what she does. And you oh. work so hard building your business. Yes, so, many, so people. many. And it's, you know, at first I got pretty defensive about it just because I had worked so hard to be innovative. Um, but that honestly wasn't good for my mental state to have that kind of posture about it. And so now um, it's my goal to be the trendsetter and, you know, I'll just let, let everybody follow along. And, you know, if, if there, if there's, I'm making such intricate work now that I haven't since in two and a half years, I haven't seen anybody copy it. No, there's been one, couple. there's yeah. been a couple, mm -hmm. um, but um and the most, with the most part, the, how intricate the work is now, it's it's not as as copyable. So that's flattery. If anyone wants to copy what you're doing, that's flattery because they must love what you're doing. So oh, absolutely. I, I guess I would say congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk yeah. about expansion. What's the future hold? Yes. Well, the big thing is is this is our this is our year of finishing projects, buildings, yes. getting systems in place. So yes. um, uh, like this building is huge that we're working on right now. We're so passionate about our city. Yes. We just love our city. Duluth, Minnesota, you guys got to come visit. It's amazing. Yes. And we just, we just really want to get this, this building open and, and ready for the community to enjoy and a place that we can support other local artists in a tangible way. So that's gonna happen this year. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about it for a long time. And it's it's like, we can we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and being that, that tangible yeah. thing for the city of Duluth and, and the local arts. So yeah. we don't know after that. I mean, we're always open. Every year there's something new that comes up and we do, we shift as a business because you have to, if you're not, if you're not shifting, and doing something new, you're falling behind is kind of what our mindset is. Yeah, so. it's my goal as as an artist. I would like another opportunity for a nationally um, known platform. So that's kind of a goal in my mind. And so I've been working towards that, trying to get my name out. Um, we've got a couple conversations with a couple big brands. And mm -hmm. so as, as a goal, um, I would love to have like a line with some really large brand at some point, an Anna Bailey line. That's awesome. What a great goal. Thank you. 
So folks, we're talking to Nathaniel and Anna Bailey from Bailey Builds. Give us those handles again for all of your social and your website so everybody can come and see what we, you're talking about today. Okay, so you guys hold on tight, pay attention. There's a lot of them because we're doing a lot of things. Okay, Anna start, Bailey. Start with the busiest ones first. Yeah, the busiest the ones. The biggest one, yeah. So Anna Bailey Art on Instagram, on TikTok and on Facebook. And then we have Bailey Builds and Friends, which is our storefront. And that is on uh, 5727 Grand Avenue. Yes, in Duluth, Minnesota. And um, that's on Instagram. It will be moving. We have another building that we're moving it to, and that will be 601 North 56th Avenue West. Yes. And that is also the Bailey Builds Collective. So if you search that on Instagram, that is AKA the funeral home remodel that is gonna be turning into an artist haven for our city. Um, and then we also have the Bailey Builds Gallery, which is our micro event space. And then we also have last but not least, the Bailey Builds Makers Loft, which is our Airbnb. Holy cow, that's a mouthful. I know. The, the, the cool thing about the Airbnb is we actually have, um, local made art on the walls and artwork that and products that we have made and it's actually all for sale so people can actually take the, their favorite mug and they can bring it home and they, they can pay us through paypal or we have an ipad that we're trying to get set up up there where they can actually pay for it and take it home if they like it that much yeah so that's a really um unique thing that we have going on up there too perfect so we're gonna pivot here this next segment we ask some rapid fire questions. We call it our packed questions segment. So I'm a, I already know Nathaniel, you like rebuilding Mustangs. So we're not gonna ask you this question. We're gonna ask uh, Anna. Favorite hobby outside of work? Music. Absolutely, writing music, playing music. For both of you, favorite place you've ever traveled? Oh, wow. Uh, Aruba. That was fun. St. Martin. Sunny and warm. That's what I'm hearing after this long winter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Favorite movie that you've watched together. Oh, oh together. I was going to say Tommy Boy. Well, and I was going to say Sound of Music. <laughs> so can you tell there's a large gap? Tommy Boy. Oh, uh, what's the one? Um, oh, oh, I know you were thinking. Hill. Oh, do you like Notting Hill? That's a good movie. Yeah, that's good. And what is the best piece of life advice you've ever received? Oh gosh. Um, I for me, I think it's live life to its fullest. Don't be afraid. Take risks. Live a full life, full of. The hardships, the successes, all of all of the things. Live life in faith. Like we we take so many steps um, where we know that if we move forward, that um, God's just going to make a way for us and just live life confident and just faithful, knowing, knowing that you're going to, whether you're successful or not, it's all an important part of your journey. Yep. 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 Great advice. Great advice. Nathaniel, Anna, 
Thank you so much for being here, folks. It's been Nathaniel and Anna Bailey from Bailey Builds. Go see them on their website at the shows all over the country, on their Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all the social channels. Thanks so much for being here. Really inspirational. Thank you. Oh, thank thanks you for having, having us. us. It was a pleasure. It is our pleasure. And folks, as always, unplug from the indoors and recharge in the outdoors. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leader of the Pack. Don't forget to rate this podcast. And we would certainly be grateful if you'd give us five stars. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Follow Duluth Pack on social media at Duluth Pack. And shop online at DuluthPack.com. Don't forget to support American jobs and buy American made.